You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. So all over the world, uh, the Christian church is in the season of Lent. Uh, the 40 day, uh, forty days, the weekdays from Ash Wednesday to Easter. Uh, Lent is a season of preparation, of spiritual preparation. And the word Lent actually is derived from uh, the word lengthen, meaning the lengthening of days. And it's nice to have longer days of sunlight. And in fact, today actually is the spring equinox. So um, in the Lent season, the Vineyard Church is taking the opportunity to really examine the Apostles' Creed the ancient confession that identifies and states the most essential points of our Christian faith. And as we've said before, uh, the Apostles' Creed is not Scripture, but it is completely and wholeheartedly derived from Scripture. And it's, it's a synopsis of the things that we hold on to, the things that we believe, the things that we espouse, particularly as it relates to who God the Father is, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, on previous Sundays, we've looked at the person and the work of of God the Father. Uh, Last week, uh, God the Son, Jesus. This morning, we're going to be focusing on God the Holy Spirit. And I want to begin by going through uh, the Apostles' Creed to the point uh, that we'll be landing on today. So uh, the Apostle Creed states, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. Today, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we have welcomed you with our worship. And just as you promised that you would inhabit the praises of your people, Lord, we thank you for your manifest presence with us. You are Emmanuel, and we thank you for that reality, a reality that you make available to us, Holy Spirit. And we just ask you would meet each one of us right where we are this morning. I thank you that you know us by name and that you love us. And I pray that that truth would sink deep into all of our hearts and our minds and our spirits this morning. Holy Spirit, thank you for all the ways you help us. And thank you for helping us to pray. We do this now in Jesus' name. Amen. So certainly we could spend, just like we could on God the Father, God the Son, we could spend weeks, months, years uh, talking about exploring the work that uh, each person and the Godhead does, and we would just begin to scratch the surface. And as we've said, the Apostles' Creed, it is a confession. It's a confession of our beliefs. And for those of us who are married, our wedding vows, they're a statement of our commitment to our spouse. Now, Mary Margaret and I have been married for over 30 years, and uh, we have a, a, a strong marriage, a wonderful marriage, not a perfect marriage, uh, but I, I, I don't think that we have ever recited or restated our, our vows. And not that that's a bad idea. I think, if nothing else, to keep it rolling over in your mind, you know, just what have I committed to in this thing called marriage? 
Uh, it might not be a bad idea for us to revisit that, but we don't restate our vows to each other uh, every day. And, and, and our tradition, our liturgy here at Vineyard Church doesn't have us reciting the Apostles' Creed every day as, as part of our worship. There's, there's some church expressions that do, and that's great in terms of it being a reminder uh, of what we believe, of, of what we espouse. But remember that whether it is our wedding vows or the Apostles' Creed, the ultimate goal of these is not ritual, but relationship. That's the ultimate goal here. And it's not adherence to just a, a, an institution, but it is an invitation to an experience of intimacy. And that is ultimately what this is all about. God created all of us, all of humanity, every single one of us, uh, to have a, an intimate relationship with him. And that goes all the way back to the very beginning of Scripture where we see God walking with uh, the, the humans he had created, Adam and Eve, in the Garden of Eden. And there was that wonderful intimate relationship until their sin uh, severed that relationship, but God never, ever gave up on wanting that intimacy with the humanity that he had made. And so Jesus comes to earth as a baby, he chooses to lay aside his deity, he puts on flesh. He grew to be a man who never sinned, and he had a close relationship with his disciples and those that he led. And as Jesus was preparing for what was to come in terms of his crucifixion, uh, he was wanting to prepare his disciples for what, for what laid ahead. And so he said this in John 14, and, and the scripture is going to be on, on the screen, but if you want to turn there, uh, John 14, beginning on verse 15, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Let's jump down to verse 26. The advocate, and now he gives him a name, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, so do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid." And so Jesus is saying here, he's saying, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the Father, and the Father's going to send another one like me, uh, the, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God. The Holy Spirit, he is our counselor, he is our comforter, he is our encourager, he is just like Jesus. He, the things that Jesus has been doing with his individual disciples and the collective group of his disciples. Uh, now the Holy Spirit, as, as the prophet Joel pointed out back in the Old Testament, a day when the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out on all flesh, men and women, uh, of all kinds of ages, of all kinds of ethnicities, of all kinds of people groups, that no one is going to be left out of this. So although Jesus is no longer with us in bodily form, we are able to experience God with us, Emmanuel, through the work of God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And so there is so much that the Holy Spirit does. And many of you were part of our recent Alpha Holy Spirit weekend, uh, which really does a, a deep dive in a lot of who the Holy Spirit is and what he does and which is really, really wonderful. I won't be able to hit on all those this morning. I just want to, just a, a few reminders. He's the comforter. He comes and he comforts us. He is our helper. He helps us 
uh, become and do things that we could not do in our own strength. Uh, He empowers us to be witnesses. Uh, You will receive power, Jesus said, to be my witnesses. And we see the evidence of that throughout the the book of Acts and throughout the early church and Paul's letters. He makes us fruitful. He makes us more like Jesus, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, giving us, uh, doing that work of love and joy and peace in all of us. He also gifts us the gifts of the Holy Spirit that he makes available to us. They are not merit badges. They are gifts from our God who loves us and wants to equip us and give us everything we need. Something I was reminded of this week and just uh, felt prompted to remind you, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the Holy Spirit gives us freedom. I don't know what's got you bound up this morning, what has you in chains, but the Holy Spirit brings freedom that he wants us to experience, not just visit, but to live in every day. Ultimately, the Holy Spirit heals us and he transforms us, making us more and more like Jesus. And he leads us and guides us. There is so much that he does. But this morning, I want to focus on a particular thing that I, that I, I believe that, that we need to hear this morning. And it's this, the Holy Spirit helps us pray. He helps us in our prayer. Um, In the Gospels, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. And it wasn't that prayer was a new concept for them. They were mostly good Jews. So they had been around prayer, but they noticed there was something different. There was something markedly different in Jesus' prayer life, and, and they wanted it. So they said, you know, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he gave them uh, the Lord's prayer. And the Holy Spirit also will help us to pray and to pray more effectively. In Romans, the Apostle Paul talks about the Holy Spirit's work in helping us in our prayer life. And that is found in Romans chapter 8. Just one incredibly meaty chapter in the Bible. But I want to focus and begin on verse 26. It says this, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans, and he searches our heart. He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. This is what the Holy Spirit loves to do, and this is what he wants to do with us. Guys, we are called to pray, okay? We are called to pray. What is the ultimate, uh, example, the, the ultimate principle by which we know that we're called to pray? We are called to pray because Jesus prayed, therefore we are called to pray. We are called to follow his model, and we are called to pray. And guess what? We're not in this on our own. The Holy Spirit will help us know how to pray And what to pray for if we will pause and listen and let him guide us and let him lead us. I know that if we will welcome him and invite him to do that, that we're going to just have a deeper and greater experience of of fruitful prayer. And, And God is answering our prayers, but Guys, we're just scratching the surface of what God has for us. We're just scratching the surface. Uh, Remember, prayer is a conversation. 
It's not just me showing up saying, God, um, I need your help with this. This is what I'd really like for you to do. This is really what I want and what I wish for. I mean, our, our loving Heavenly Father... He, he welcomes us to come with whatever we bring, okay? He's not going to reject us when we show up with those things. But he also desires that intimacy to be developed and cultivated in our prayer life. So that means talking, but it also means quieting ourselves and listening, pausing, and saying, Holy Spirit, what, what do you have to say? What, what are, where are you leading me? What are you wanting to prompt me about? And this could be... This could be something as simple as, as beginning our devotional prayer time. And just rather than just sort of diving in and, and just, you know, going fast forward on cruise control in terms of what we prayed the last 30 days, um, just pausing. And all of a sudden, why is this person coming to mind that maybe hasn't been on my radar? Pausing and saying, Holy Spirit, you know, what are you doing? What are you wanting to show me? And just begin to pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come to, to Shane and Sarah. Maybe I, they hadn't been on my mind, but all of a sudden, as I'm quieting myself to just begin my prayer time, they come to mind. Maybe I don't know what's going on in their lives, but Lord, I just pray your blessings on Shane and Sarah today. Lord, whatever they're doing, whatever's going on in their life, that you would give them everything that they need, that you would equip them, that you would let your rule and reign just invade every part of their lives. That we would just pause long enough to allow the Holy Spirit to, to give us some promptings and some direction. Uh, and, and, and he will do that. When we were praying for one another, maybe in small groups, we love to pray for one another in small groups. That's one of the biggest benefits in small groups. Or, and later on this morning, we're going to have prayer teams that are going to be available to pray for any needs that you might have. These folks are trained, they're safe, they're, they're great folks that love the Lord and love people and love praying for people. Uh, they're going to be praying. And when we pray for you, we don't want to just dive into a prayer, but we want to wait and allow the Holy Spirit to, to give us insight. Yeah, we want to hear what you want prayer for, but we're also going to ask the Holy Spirit how he wants us to pray, and, and maybe the Lord will bring to mind other things that he might want us to, to lift up. But the key on this is pausing, stopping, and listening. Remember, the conversation of prayer, the dialogue of prayer. This is all about relationship. This is all about intimacy. So when we pray, begin by asking the Holy Spirit to lead you and, and guide you in the prayer time. God is always calling us to greater intimacy that he wants to be reflected in our prayer times. He, he wants our relationship to grow deeper uh, with, with him. Uh, he wants our prayers to be the result of, of a deeper connection that we are praying with, with more effectiveness, not because we're great prayers, because we are praying in alignment with what God's doing, what the Holy Spirit is doing. And as we pause, he, he doesn't want to keep this a secret from us. He will show us these things. He will lead us. He will guide us. The Holy Spirit will help us. Notice in this passage in Romans 8 how Paul identifies God, how he identifies him in this passage. He says, he who searches our hearts. God who searches our hearts the Father knows the mind of the Spirit who dwells in the hearts of his children, those who are in Christ Jesus, those who have received Jesus as the forgiver of their sins and the leader of their lives. And there is another picture of this perfect 
union, this perfect unity of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit working together for our benefit. Uh, They're not territorial, okay? They're not territorial. They work together in this beautiful symmetry. And as God searches our hearts, what is he finding? Now, that can cause fear and trepidation to come up in some of us, right? Oh, God, what are you going to find? But I got to tell you, don't fear. Don't fear. Our God is a God who loves us, who is for us. Uh, The good physician uh, loves to do that examination, not to point out our infirmities, to blame us or to accuse us, but because he wants to bring healing because he wants to bring wholeness, because he wants to bring transformation. And that is the heart of, of the Spirit, who, who, uh, heart of the Father who goes and searches our hearts. That is the, that is the Father that we're talking about. Uh, probably there are a lot of things in our hearts that we have covered up, uh, that we've tried to press down because they, they, they've hurt us things that we have done to hurt ourselves, things that other people have done to hurt us, that, you know, in our coping, we just push it down and move on. And I got to tell you, uh, and I, I, I particularly over the last two years, just knowing what we collectively have been through with COVID and all of the, the different things that have gone on in our world, there is a lot in our hearts that the Holy Spirit wants to 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 bring up and that we need to lift up in prayer and allow God the Father to to search our hearts and to work with the Spirit in showing us that will result in the groanings that that Paul is writing about in this. And these are not easy prayers, okay? These are not easy prayers. They're not pretty articulate prayers that you're going to needlepoint and put in your grandmother's living room either. These can be really gritty heart cries, all right? Ever been there? Ever know? Ever been there? I want to encourage you and invite you to go there. You can trust the work of the Holy Spirit in your hearts and lives. There is deeper healing. There is more freedom that God has for us uh, that I believe he's collectively inviting us as a church and his body into uh, that is not going to come apart from spirit-directed, uh, God-searching our hearts, spirit-directed prayers that just really cry out in, in, in ways that aren't real pretty and real articulate. And that's okay. That's okay. This is a safe place to do that. It's the deep calling to deep. Our hearts need it. Our families need it. Our world needs it. And the Spirit of God will help us in this, trust the work of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to be afraid to let God shine the light of his love in our hearts to show us, you know, there is deep-seated bitterness. There is deep-seated fear as a result of this trauma that happened or this abuse that happened or this habitual sin. There is tremendous freedom that God wants to give us, that the Holy Spirit wants to guide us in prayer, and, 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 and prayer is just the beginning, in prayer, and as he will lead us and guide us in how to just experience and receive his freedom, 
through healing prayer, through counseling, through all kinds of other things. I think there's an interesting connection between two things that the Apostle Paul called the early church to do and never stop doing. He, He kept saying, you know, pray without ceasing, pray without ceasing. And he also said, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I, and I believe that he's calling us to let that be uh, a repeat, a repeat, a repeat, a repeat, a repeat. Never stop praying. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Never stop praying and let the two marry. Let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us in our prayers that we would be listening, that we would be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is showing us and, and what he's doing around us and invite us into that, particularly as it relates to our own hearts and our own lives. I want to challenge you with that. You know, last week we talked about Jesus and how he set aside his deity to, to take on flesh, to come to earth, to become human. And the things that he did in terms of healing and miracles He did through the power of the same Holy Spirit who is available to empower you and me today. And so I want to ask you this, as we consider Jesus after his baptism in water, where the Holy Spirit came and filled him, I want to ask you this, do you think uh, the Holy Spirit helped Jesus in his prayer, in his prayer life? Because remember, we, we see Jesus coming to earth, his incarnation, his taking on flesh, that everything he did here on earth, he did as a human being, empowered by the same Holy Spirit who empowers you and me, uh, if we will let him. Uh, did the Holy Spirit help Jesus in his prayer life? I want us to consider Luke 22. This was uh, one of those gritty prayer times. We see Jesus praying Throughout Scripture, we see often that he would go uh, out to the lake or up to the mountain to be by himself and to, to have some quiet time. But this is one of those times that he invited his disciples to come along with him. Um, and it says in Luke twenty-two thirty-nine that Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. And on reaching the place, he said, pray that you will not fall into temptation. And then he went on a little further. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them and he knelt down and he prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. That that line, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. You know, the writer of Hebrews later on in the the New Testament tells us that during the days of Jesus' life on earth, that, that Jesus offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Guys, we need to be, and I say men, women, all of us, Don't be afraid of prayers with cries and fervent tears and fervent cries, impassioned. Don't don't be afraid of that. How bad do you want the kingdom of God showing up in your heart and life, setting us free, redeeming us, healing us, 
It's about, it's not about the power of our prayers, but it's the one to whom we're praying, but it's praying in accordance with what God is doing and what our loving Heavenly Father is showing us in our heart, His work with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes that's not going to be expressed, again, with articulate words. Sometimes it's going to just be those fervent, deep cries of our heart that are laced with tears. Here in in Luke, Jesus prayed with great intensity, with great passion. This was, uh, there was a relentless quality to his prayer. And he left the garden just hours before his crucifixion with a resolve to take on the sins of the world, the will of his father, to be the means of our salvation. That apart from Jesus Christ paying my debt of sin and your debt of sin, we cannot know relationship with God. We cannot have eternal life. Are we willing to let our prayers be laced with with fervent cries and even tears? There's some big stuff that we're all contending with right now, nationally, Internationally, as we continue to pray for the the situation in Ukraine, is God calling you just to spend time on on, on praying and articulating things that, that really you can't articulate in words? Is he calling us to do that? Are there things in your family that you need to be on your knees crying literally out to God about that maybe you don't have words for, that you don't know what to pray Guys, I I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, this is one of the many things that I love to do, but you're not availing me of that. You're not listening. You're not responding. We can and we should and we need to trust the work of the Holy Spirit. God invites us to prayer. That includes the, the loving and the groaning and the redeeming dialogue between the Father and the Spirit The Spirit helps us. The Spirit doesn't do it for us, okay? The Spirit doesn't do it for us. He helps us. He helps us pray. This is a work that God calls us to take on, again, not just for ourselves and for our own families and even for our our church family, but He calls us to take on this burden for the world. He does. And an opportunity for me to mention this, this Tuesday morning, right in this worship center, we're going to be hosting a monthly Augusta prayer breakfast right in here at 8 o'clock. If you're available and have some time, come and be part of that from 8 to 9 or stay as long as you can. And we're going to be doing that. We're going to be praying for the city of Augusta. We're going to be praying for God's kingdom to come and for him to, 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 to bless uh, our, our community, for us to tune into what he's blessing and grab a hold of that. This Tuesday morning from 8 to 9, we have the privilege and pleasure of hosting that. In our own prayer lives, God calls us not to, to shun the world and, and just hold it at arm's length with its brokenness and its sinfulness, but he actually calls us to, to be that intermediary, that we would cry out for particular people groups that maybe the Holy Spirit is showing us, I'm calling you to be an advocate for this group or for that group who need to know my love. Would you respond? Will you respond to that? This is, this is something God wants to do. Um, 
There are things that we want to pray for that God will give us articulate language for. Be faithful in praying those things. Be faithful in listening. But also know there are those things that we will not have language for. We need to be willing to be still and listen and allow the Holy Spirit to to do a deep dive in our hearts. That there might just be groaning and crying that, 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 that are don't make sense to us. Now, we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit here at Vineyard Church. We practice them. They're in Scripture, uh, and they are tools for doing the ministry of Christ. Uh, some say, Reese, are you talking about the gift of tongues in terms of that? It, that's one expression, but it's not the primary thing and the exclusive thing that Paul's talking about here. But I, I, I pray in tongues, and I believe in that gift. It has empowered me, and it's been very, very effective uh, in, in helping me. And there are times when those groanings and, and, and the gift of tongues come together in my life. I, I can remember situations where I found myself in like just tremendous turmoil. And, and all of a sudden, something comes up in terms of, uh, of opposition. And I don't know what to pray for. And it's like, okay, God, and just the ability to pray in the Spirit. But at times, there's nothing there. And in those times, it's just that heart cry, God, I need your help. All of the above. All of the above. All of the above. Whatever God is doing, whatever the Holy Spirit is is doing in your heart and life regarding prayer, regarding that intimate communication that he calls all of us to, respond to it. Just say, come Holy Spirit, Lord, bring your kingdom. We need the Holy Spirit's help in all of our life, especially in our prayers. And prayer guided by the Holy Spirit helps us discern God's will just like it did with Jesus in this moment. And and Jesus knew his mission. He knew why the Father had sent him here. But in that moment, he was overwhelmed. And he, through the Holy Spirit, praying through him, not my will, but your will be done, Father. Prayer guided by the Holy Spirit helps us to discern God's will, and it brings about our transformation because prayer is not just about changing circumstances. Prayer is about changing us. And the world around us. So this morning, I, I want to invite you to stand, and I want to invite you, if you'd like, to join me uh, in, in, in this confession of the, the Apostles' Creed. I invite you to join me in this. Let's do this together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body,
and the life everlasting. Amen.